to two, two sweet wrestling podcast. Oh uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is Friday, January with you, and this is episode two of the two. Sweet wrestling podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are coming to you from Podomatic and YouTube. Check out the channels. I'll leave the links for you down below. So. This is going to be the Roman Reigns Podcast. Love them, hate them, are you in between like I am in complaining? Stay tuned. Now, normally, I'll do a podcast. The first one, I did a lot of subjects. This will be this will just be dedicated to that subject because I'm seeing a lot of hate and vitriol going back and forth. I just wanted to address it. However. I've seen a lot of subjects in wrestling come up this week that were just too good to ignore. So we're going to do some quick hits on WWE, Impact Wrestling, and the NFL playoffs. Right here, right now. Let's go. So, okay. Going to start with WWE. we got some Impact Wrestling stuff as well. I saw a report coming from the Wrestling Observer that claimed that Fox was trying to get in on buying WWE. In that if WWE went to Fox for Raw and SmackDown, Raw would be two hours. The point is that if Fox misses out on UFC, they would be interested in buying WWE. They are interested in buying WWE outright as well. That's the real banger right there. However, they're interested in buying the rest of WWE Raw. But showcasing WWE Raw, showcasing WWE SmackDown. Raw would be on the main Fox channel. SmackDown would be on FS1. When I saw this report, I was like, eh. when I saw the beginning, I wasn't too interested. But when they said they moved Raw to two hours, I was like, oh, yes. I don't know how, how true it is. It's just a report. But I'd love for that to happen. Move WWE to Fox and move to two hours, it would be, it, Raw would become an interesting program, an interesting show. Again, not a long show that you just have to sit through to get to the good parts. So I'm interested to see what goes on there. So we're interested to go in what goes on with the television rights and television deals. I'll be keeping up on it. Next up, I've seen that WWE was paying Neville to stay home and uh, that's just a bummer right there. Neville was just so talented, so good. But I'll tell you what, it may be looked at as a bummer right now, but it could just be a setback for a greater comeback. And there's a lot of there's a lot of things going on in wrestling these days. Never will be able to get on his feet and be able to get with other companies. So next up, I've seen that impact and this could be possible spoilers coming up, so you might want to watch out. Impact is talking to, and this is a possible spoiler. They are talking to Rey Mysterio to try to get him to come to Impact to appear on Impact. They have talking to Rey Mysterio before and it, the deals have fallen apart or uh, fallen apart because he wants to go to WWE or what have you. He has ties with Conan, has ties with El Patron. I wouldn't mind seeing it at all. I mean, it's not something that I'm begging to see in Impact because I like Impact Wrestling. I like when they go with the new faces. But Rey Mysterio is, doesn't seem like the type of wrestler that would come in and just have everything just built around him. So, from that standpoint, I like to see it happen. Also, moving on, 
Impact News, this is another spoiler as well. This is not a possible spoiler, it is a spoiler. Impact Wrestling posted this on their Twitter page, so that's what got me, that just spoiled me and took me off. Brian Cage has signed with Impact Wrestling. This is a huge, huge, huge signing. Now, if you didn't know, Cage, Brian Cage had already appeared on Impact Wrestling before appearing in Lucha Underground where he completely broke out. He appeared on Impact Wrestling, I think it was a X Division tournament. They were trying to determine a new X Division champion. They had wrestlers appearing from all different promotions. And Cage appeared on Impact Wrestling and I vividly remember saying, I hope they signed that guy because he was so athletic. The Cage that you know now, that you've seen in Lucha Underground, he was that back in that one match, that one match appearance he had at Impact Wrestling. And I'm so glad to see this guy back. I mean, the matches are endless with this guy. He can fly with the little guys. He can muscle around the big guys. And he's just a preeminent big man in this wrestling business. He can be if they push him right. So I'm very interested to see where they go with this one. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to do some quick picks for the NFL. Coming this Sunday, we got the divisional the divisional round playoffs coming up this Saturday and this Sunday. I'm going to hit you with my quick picks and get it out the way. First up, we have the New England Patriots versus the Tennessee Titans. This one seems pretty straightforward. The Patriots are favored by a whole lot. Two touchdown favorites. I wouldn't touch the points. But I really think New England is going to win this game. I think this one is an easy pick. I think it's going to be closer than what people think it will be. But New England will come out and win in the end. We have the, moving on, we have the Steelers and the Jaguars. This one is going to be closer than people think as well, in my opinion. We have the phenomenal matchup of the Steelers offense versus the Jaguars defense. Who wins out there? I actually think if you made me choose who was the better unit, I think the Jaguars defense is better than Pittsburgh offense, as hard as that is to believe. I actually think that. However, the, the X factor here is Blake Bortles. Come on out. The Jaguars are not getting to the conference championship game with Blake Borders as their quarter, quarterback. He's just horrible. I just don't know what else to say about him. Last week he had more rushing yards than passing yards. Steelers win here. We get the Steelers and the Patriots in the conference championship game. Moving on to the NFC side, we have the Falcons versus the Eagles. The Falcons are a favorite. Number six seed favorite. How crazy is that? Falcons are going up against the Eagles. Nick Foles is not the greatest quarterback of all times. Carson Wentz got injured and now he's in the fold. I'm going to take the Eagles here because, strictly because of this reason. I think they're going to control the game flow of the game. I think they're going to come out running the ball and establish the run. Now if it gets into a track meet where the Falcons score first and they start to get out and score many points, I don't think the Eagles can win, but I think they're going to control the flow of the game. Jay Ajayi, Garrett Blunt, Corey Clement, they're going to run the Falcons to death. The Falcons are not that great of a team when it comes to stopping the running backs and, and athletic running backs at that. So I got the Eagles winning here. I think this is going to be a close game. It's going to be one of those defensive games because it's going to be cold and it's going to come down to who runs the ball better. So I got the Eagles winning that matchup there. And last but not least, we have... My Saints versus the Minnesota Vikings. This one is a game that I'm completely worried about. We have the Vikings, the best defense in the league. 
one of the better defenses in recent years. Well, it's between them and Jacksonville, but one of the better defenses in recent years. Going up against my Saints, a very balanced attack. Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram. It is going to be a slugfest. I don't think this is this is not one of your games where it's going to be like 30, 30 to 35 or something like that. No, it's going to be like 20 to 17. And I think the Saints, skid by, by, by the skin of their teeth, they're going to win this game. I'm going to go with a three-point game. Case Keenum is not going to be enough for the Vikings. I think the Saints are going to have just enough offense. 20 to 17 Saints. And I think Will Lutz will send them into the conference championship with a game-winning field goal. We will have the Saints versus the Eagles on one side. And we will have the Patriots versus the Steelers on the other side. It will be interesting come conference championship weekend. It will be interesting come Saturday and Sunday. I cannot wait. Alright, alright, alright. Let's get right on into this. Roman Reigns. Why fans love him, why fans hate him, and why I'm in the middle complaining. So let's go all the way back. 2014. Roman Reigns and Batista. It's down to them in the Royal Rumble. They're, they are the final two. Fans are going wild. Chant for Roman Reigns. Even me, I thought at the time, okay, this guy, this guy's not ready yet, but boy, I sure would rather see him than Batista. So of course, Batista wins. I think this was the infamous Royal Rumble where uh, Rey Mysterio at number 30 in the crowd just booed him out the building. But <laughs> that's beside the point. Everybody wanted Daniel Bryan. That's, that's beside the point. And for much of that 2014, I'm gonna try to be I'm gonna be detailed here, but I'm gonna keep it real brief as well. But for 2014, Roman Reigns went throughout that year, and that's when the split of the shield happened. And after that, Roman Reigns went on in that year with singles matches, and you could tell that he was just not ready yet. He just didn't he just did not have it. He just did not have it as far as his promo went as well. So I think his first big match in 2014 was against... No, no, I know his first big match in 2014 was against Randy Orton at that SummerSlam. And that was just a horrible match, in my opinion. If you go back and watch it, it was a horrible match. Now, all of that is not on Roman Reigns. Because they should have put him... They, they didn't put him in a spot to succeed. Randy Orton is not a wrestler to where... He can carry somebody to a great match. So uh, part of, part of that was on Roman Reigns not being ready, but most of it was on WWE just shoving him into the spot. So jump fast forward all the way to 2015, start of 2015, the Royal Rumble. This is when Roman Reigns won it. We had The Rock, Roman Reigns and The Rock. He won it, and before what was the crazy thing that happened beforehand? Daniel Bryan had the moment with the fans where it looked like he was going to retire. And then all of a sudden he says, I'm entering the Royal Rumble. And the crowd popped. Roof blew off the place. So going into that Royal Rumble, people were thinking, okay, Daniel Bryan got it this time. So in that Royal Rumble, Daniel Bryan gets dumped out like a sack of potatoes by Kane and Big Show. And they do this stupid 
angle where The Rock comes out and saves the day for Roman Reigns and then the crowd just wasn't buying it. You dumped out the fan favorite. If you want to know where the, the train really went off the tracks as it pertains to Roman Reigns, where it fully went off the track, it was that moment. You dumped Daniel Bryan out like a sack of potatoes and then you have Roman Reigns win it. Of course the crowd is going to boo the heck out of him because it's in Philadelphia. First of all, Daniel Bryan is the fan favorite. And then you expect people to, to cheer Roman Reigns. No, no, that's not going to happen. So moving on from there, they did, they did even worse than that. The Fastlane main event was Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan to see who would go to main event at WrestleMania. So if you want to know the, the start of my problems with WWE creative as it pertains to Roman Reigns, why I complain so much every week, is because they put the guy in situations not to succeed. Or basically they put him in situations to fail. And that situation versus Daniel Bryan, the crowd was going to be all over him. They wanted to see Daniel Bryan win. Of course they did. And of course Roman Reigns is going to win. Of course Roman Reigns wins and the crowd is upset. So looking at that WrestleMania, we're going into that WrestleMania and Roman Reigns was cutting the most horrible scripted promos I've ever heard. And it wasn't his fault. It was on Vince McMahon that he was cutting Superman promos, uh, talking about how, he, how he's a faster than a speeding bullet, and Daffy Duck promos, and it was just horrible. Did Roman Reigns no favors? They turned him into a one. They tried to turn him into a wannabe John Cena, where he was cracking jokes and stuff in his promos. And at that point, I was like, okay, I'm done with this dude. This is not the guy that I saw with the shield, the serious guy that was taking people out, taking no prisoners, saying very few words. They tried to turn him into something else and the origins of me being upset with WWE creative, being upset with Roman Reigns as well as them trying to turn him into John Cena. Like, it, it, let him be the first Roman Reigns. So in that WrestleMania, of course, that was the match against Brock Lesnar. Many people say they enjoyed that match, but I didn't enjoy it because of Brock Lesnar. He's the same old match, suplex, suplex, suplex. I didn't enjoy it for that reason, and I've been hating Brock Lesnar for that reason. But, I, of course, Seth Rollins, they did a smart thing here. I'm going to give them credit. They didn't put the belt on Roman Reigns that fast. They had Seth Rollins come in and cash it in with the title. So, okay, that was good in itself, but go throughout that year, and the next big moment for Reigns was they had the Survivor Series tournament, and he went on to beat Dean Ambrose. I knew, like, when the Survivor Series tournament was coming, I was like, okay, this is the time. They're going to put it on him now. So they put it on him, but they had Sheamus Cash in, and the thing I didn't like was that they tried to drum up some kind of sympathy for Roman Reigns. If you remember at that Survivor Series tournament, Sheamus Cash is in, the confetti is raining down, Roman Reigns is sitting in the aisle looking like he's about to cry. And I'm like, look, I don't want to see Roman Reigns crying. Get out of here. I don't want to bid up no sympathy for Roman Reigns. That became a problem in the later storyline. We'll get to it. But after the Survivor Series tournament, we're going into December here, 2015, TLC. Sheamus beats Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns loses it. 
And this is where I get into my problem with the people who support Roman Reigns now, who say all people are just haters. Well, that's just not true. Now, you have your trolls out there, sure. But looking at the TLC moment, he destroyed Triple H. And I've watched, I've went back and watched this recently. When they had to cart Triple H off, the fans went, wow. The, it was, the, the roof blew off the place this time in a good reaction for Roman Reigns. 100% good reaction. The fans loved it because they turned him back into the destroyer that he once was with the shield. They bought that guy back and the fans loved it. They should have just took a cue after that. And after that, they didn't try to do anything to turn him back into a face. They kept him like that. So after that, Roman Reigns eventually wins the heavyweight title on Monday Night Raw, beats up Vince McMahon to do it. Fans just go ballistic. They love every bit of it. And it was it was just phenomenal. Roman Reigns was the champion. Even I popped for the, the championship win of Roman Reigns because it finally looked like they were headed to a place to where they were gonna let Roman Reigns be Roman Reigns. Well, much to my dismay, get to January 2016 and we start the Vince McMahon versus Roman Reigns feud. And they are yet turning Roman Reigns into something else. They're trying to do a Vince McMahon versus Steve Austin redo, to which I hated from the start. The first thing I said when I seen Vince versus Roman Reigns, I'm like, why are you doing this? Roman Reigns is not Steve Austin. This is not gonna work. That ticked me off yet again. Just like they tried to turn me into a wannabe Cena, they tried to do a wannabe Vince versus Austin storyline, and I was not feeling it. Nobody was feeling it. It got into situations where Vince tried to stack the deck against Roman Reigns, and it, it just felt like me saying that, you know, I've seen this 20 years ago. I don't want to sit again. So we get through all of that. We get to the Royal Rumble. They take out the League of Nations. Oh, that was horrible. Now that I'm even thinking about thinking about it. But they took out Roman Reigns mid midway through the Royal Rumble match. And as soon as they took him out, I said, oh, man, they're doing a Steve Austin where he's going to come back and make a fierce comeback and, you know, he's going to be back into the match. What I did know about that Royal Rumble match was that Triple H was going to come back and win the whole darn thing. So number 30 is coming around and we know Triple H has to get his revenge on Roman Reigns. WrestleMania season is coming back. So it had to be nobody else but Triple H. Triple H wins. Of course, he, he came down to Triple H and Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose was the most over wrestler on the roster at that time. If you don't believe me, go back and watch. Don't believe me, just watch. Go back and watch it. Most over wrestler on the roster. But Triple H wins, throws Dean out, and the crowd is just dead for Triple H as the champion. But at least it wasn't Roman. They loved that much because when Roman got eliminated, they 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 cheered the heck out of him because it, they were just starting to ruin Roman Reigns yet again. So, as the WrestleMania build started to happen, here went WWE again 
self-sabotaging Roman Reigns. They had Triple H do so many cool things where the crowd wanted to cheer him. The first thing I remember about the WrestleMania build as it pertains to Triple H and Roman Reigns was Triple H bashing Roman Reigns head in into the announce table. They were in Detroit, classic wrestling town. The fans loved it. The fans cheered it loudly. He's bashing Roman Reigns into the announce table. They had the fake blood and everything. And we, Triple H is up there crotch chopping and everything, playing up to the fans. And the, though the fans got right into it. So we established right then and there that Triple H was the face in the feud. Now here's the part that annoyed me about that WrestleMania build. They had Roman Reigns out. He comes back. He takes Triple H out and throughout this entire WrestleMania build, they are booking Roman Reigns like the heel in the field. They're, they are having him do heel things, but then they turn around and have him act like a face the next week. And it's like, look, stay consistent with Roman Reigns. That's another thing that ticked me off about WWE creative, WWE creative and Roman Reigns. They booked him like a heel. But then turn them around and do something else afterwards. So, of course, we get to WrestleMania. And you know, if you've booked them like a heel, and Triple H is the face in this instance with things that he's done throughout the feud, you know the reaction you're going to get. So, going into the WrestleMania, I'm thinking, okay, Roman Reigns is going to get booed out of the building. And not only is he going to get booed out of the building, I hope they boo him out of the building because I don't like the way WWE Creative is running this feud, booking this feud. So, of course, he gets booed out of the building. He wins the title. Everybody is all annoyed. Like, uh, of course, there it is. Roman Reigns wins. And they have a long, boring match. And trust me, not all of that is on Roman Reigns. That's, that's on Triple H, too, because Triple H likes to have these long, classic, drawn-out uh, wars to make it seem like it was a classic match and then it turns into a boring match. So we got there. Roman Reigns wins the title. We move on and the highlight of that title round for me was the matches with AJ Styles. AJ Styles made him look like a million bucks. I'm sorry but that's true. AJ Styles made those matches look phenomenal. And that was the impetus of AJ Styles' entire run, if you ask me. Everybody got hurt, and AJ Styles was just like the guy left over. But we move on to Roman Reigns' run. He dropped the belt, and this was this was a fantastic decision, if you ask me. At Money in the Bank, that's when he dropped the belt. That was when the Shield held all of the Shield members held all three titles at, in the same night. That, 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 that was pretty good. That was a pretty good moment. Uh, yeah, I didn't think his match with Seth Rollins was even bad. He kind of picked it up a little bit in that match, even though Seth Rollins took it over. I like the ending to that match, the spear into the, the pedigree. Well, that wasn't the exact ending, but it should have been the ending. But as for the rest of the run with Roman Reigns, he got the uh, U.S. title run in the offseason, to which... That's another thing that ticked me off. Okay, he wanted, I have no problems with him using the US, winning the US title. He can be a good United States champion. 
but he won the United States Championship in the offseason. He won a secondary title in the offseason. Does that sound familiar? And when he won it, I said, oh, he only holding that United States title just to hold him over until WrestleMania. And like... Just to hold him into over until WrestleMania to, until he gets to a big match. So, I like the things, the whole... Well, I didn't particularly think it was great, but I like the Jericho Orange Reigns feud that they had going. It, it started to get annoying because the endings to the match would be interference, and that just got annoying. I just wanted to see it get all over it, which it did get over with eventually. And that led us into WrestleMania season. Roman Reigns versus The Undertaker. Look, this is... This is a personal one for me. The Undertaker is one of my wrestling heroes. Next to Sting. Sting and Undertaker. Sting's at the top. So, I knew full well that... You know what? Undertaker is telling off. This might be the end and uh, look, the only thing I wanted was a fantastic matchup. I knew at the end of the day, you, you know the wrestling business. If you, you going out, you got to put somebody over. I wanted him to have a phenomenal match. And I thought AJ Styles was the perfect choice for that. Instead, AJ Styles had to face Shane McMahon. So we got Roman Reigns and Undertaker. And I'm like, oh man, this is not going to be good. I barely even want to watch it. And it was a horrible match. Just the facts. I'm not being mean. It was a horrible match because Roman Reigns is not that type of wrestler. I'm not getting on him. I don't even think it's a bad thing. It's just the WWE creative once again put him in a position to fail. While the only thing that we're looking at is, oh, let's just give him the Undertaker win. And we need somebody on full-time roster. Which, which I understand you you the match that was rumored with Cena and the Undertaker. And the rumors was that Vince just kebab that because he wanted to give Roman Reigns the the honor of retiring the Undertaker. To which it seems like the Undertaker isn't retiring. We'll see more on that as it pertains later on throughout this year heading into WrestleMania season. But Roman Reigns got the win, and it's like, oh man, okay, he got the win, so be it. And then he cut. A phenomenal, well, he didn't cut it. He just had a phenomenal moment on the next night around. The fans were booing him. He said, this is my yard. And I was like, okay, this is good. And then they had him act like the same old face Roman Reigns. A heel moment, same thing. Heel moment, didn't have him turn around and be a face again. And it's just annoying. It's just annoying. And look, he has the Intercontinental title right now. And as soon as he won it, I did the same thing, or said the same thing I said when he won a U.S. title. I said, oh, man, he, they just put an Intercontinental title on him just to hold him over until the big match at WrestleMania with whomever it's going to be. Oh, it's going to be Brock Lesnar. What am I thinking? Whomever it's going to be. It's going to be Brock Lesnar. So I got it. Look, the Intercontinental title matches have been good entertainment, good entertainment, but we have this narrative that Roman Reigns is a great wrestler. He's not a great wrestler. And look, this is coming from, I have my own opinion on great. Ricky Steamboat was a great wrestler. 
Randy Savage was a great wrestler. Ric Flair was a great wrestler. Shawn Michaels was a great wrestler. AJ Styles is a great wrestler. Kenny Omega is a great wrestler. Roman Reigns is improved. And trust me, that is a high compliment. If you'd heard the way I was talking about Roman Reigns and his wrestling ability three years ago or so, you know that I'm paying him a, a pretty good compliment right now. He's an improved wrestler. What Roman, Re what Roman Reigns exceeds at is that he plays the face in peril role. He will take a good beat down throughout his matches, and that's been the common denominator in this IC title run, the open challenge run. Roman Reigns would take the beat down, and this is not anything against the guy. I just don't think that's great. Dean Malenko was great, but I, I'm looking at Roman Reigns, and he plays the face in peril role, and he, once he makes his comeback, he does has a phenomenal comeback. He does great. Makes great near it falls, and then the match is over. That's a good formula for having a really good match. However, that does not meet my standard of great. Being great is being is knowing how to lead a match, not take the beat down and then make a great comeback. What Roman Reigns is is an improved wrestler. His matches are very watchable and very entertaining. I'll give him that. And I enjoy his matches. He knows how to take a beat down. He knows how to come back. But when he starts to say he's the greatest in-ring performer in the in the world today, then nah, that's where I take a left turn and then everybody else takes a right turn. No, 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 no. But he is improved. I like his matches. Very much improved since the start of his run when I was talking about earlier. So I'm gonna get down to the love-hate with Roman Reigns. Why his fans love him and why people hate him. Why his fans love him is because that is their wrestling hero. Much like I, I had to come to this, I had to come to grips to this. Much like I talked about Sting and the Undertaker, the Roman Reigns is most of these fans' is wrestling hero. And I don't have a problem with that whatsoever. Without young fans having wrestling having wrestlers as their wrestling heroes the business is going to die out without kids coming up and without fans coming up loving wrestling the way I did then the business is going to die out so I love the fact that fans get behind the guy I don't mind it another reason why they love him is because people come at him so strong like if somebody's a wrestling hero you're going to defend them left and right and I don't mind that either I don't hate the guy personally, but I'm going to have my opinions on him. And two more reasons that they love him is he's an accomplished wrestler. He's not a bad guy, to be quite honest. If I'm being honest with myself, he's not a person that... What I like about him is that he's not a backstage politicker. And look, if you've been watching wrestling for 20-something years or so, you know what I mean by when I, when I say backstage politics and politicking. He doesn't seem like that type of guy. So for that, I like him. And overall, the fans like The Shield. They love The Shield, so if they love Reigns, I'm, it's pretty, I'm pretty certain that they love Ambrose and Rollins as well. Now, moving on to the other side of the spectrum here, we're going to talk about the, the people that hate him. Most of the people that hate him 
Hate the fact that he was shoved straight to the top. Roman Reigns did not have a natural road progression to the world title. And people have held that against him for three, four years now. They didn't like the fact that he didn't have a natural run to the title. Steve Austin won the Intercontinental title, then became world champion. The Rock, Intercontinental champion, world champion. Triple H, Intercontinental champion, world champion. A Sting had to work his way up to Ric Flair in the Great American Bash before he could get to that point. A Goldberg, United States champion, then heavyweight champion. We're used to, if you've been watching wrestling for an extremely long time, we're used to guys being built up into being the guy. And Roman Reigns got handed the card as the guy before he was even ready without a natural progression. So that's part of the reason why they hate him. Moving on, they don't like Roman Reigns because he's the only person that's being pushed this much. And when I say the only person being pushed this much, I don't go out for wins and losses. I see a lot of people that defend them say that, oh, well, Roman Reigns hasn't won this many matches or isn't in this storyline or whatever. Well, you got to look at it like this. We all know that Roman Reigns is going to be in the main event at WrestleMania. We've known that for a year now. And he's going on his fourth straight WrestleMania appearance. Look, you got to look at it like this. If it was the NFL, and we know we knew the result. Let's say we had a team, and they weren't winning as many games, but we would have been told that that team is going to be in the Super Bowl. We wouldn't care about how many games how many games that that team lost in the regular season. We just know once the playoffs come around, that team's going to win, and that team's going to be to the, at the Super Bowl. And win the Super Bowl. That's what Roman Reigns is right now. It doesn't matter how many times he loses in the offseason to WrestleMania in September or whenever. We know once the time gets here, January, he's going to be winning and he's going to start his storyline up against Brock Lesnar for the World Heavyweight title. So we know this. And so that gets a lot of people annoyed. Another thing is this. Many people, at least amongst my age, and older. I'm 30 and many people that are older than me. We came up in an era where multiple people were pushed. We don't like the fact, I, and I personally, I really don't like the fact that one guy, well if you count Brock Lesnar as two guys, that's gonna head off against each other. I really don't like the fact that there's two guys just getting pushed, getting massive pushes. Because we came up in an era, you look at the Attitude Era, Steve Austin was the guy, but Steve Austin was getting pushed. The Rock was getting pushed. Undertaker was right there. Triple H was right there. Shawn Michaels was right there eventually when he came back off the back injury. A Mankind was there. It was a lot of guys that were there. It was so much going on in that era to where you couldn't really, you could never focus on one guy because a lot of people were getting pushed. Kane was right there in that era. So, we came up in an era where if Steve Austin hurt himself, to which Steve Austin did get hurt, I don't remember exactly what happened, but The Rock took over when Steve Austin tailed off. If Roman Reigns gets hurt or gets sick for an extended period of time, nobody is going to be there. You got to understand that my hate for this is, comes for the betterment of the business. 
when you when you devalue all of the assets, all of the wrestlers that you have, in the sake of pushing Roman Reigns, then nobody's going to be able to take over the mantle when he gets hurt or when he gets sick. It's just going to be a bunch of guys that are there just because they're there, not because they've been pushed into that spot. So they need to do a better job of pushing multiple people like Finn Balor, for, for example. It seems like they're trying to do something with him. I don't have much faith in it, but he was down and around doing nothing. Samoa Joe, down and around doing nothing. He should have won the Intercontinental title, but he didn't. Now he's back down and around to doing nothing. It seems like he's gonna he's injured. Well, he is injured, and I hope that doesn't keep him out for a very long time. But looking at back at the point, Roman Reigns is the guy that gets pushed like that. He's the only guy that gets pushed like that, and that annoys people to death. It annoys me, but I don't hate the guy. I hate WWE creative for putting him in that position. Now, Roman Reigns can be in that position, that's fine, but at least push other wrestlers too, so you can have multiple things going on. So that's why people love him, that's why people hate him, and when it all comes together for me, I don't personally hate the guy. He seems like a phenomenal person that's just, you know, he got the keys to the car, somebody handed him the keys to the car, so he took it. He wasn't gonna turn it down. And I never really, I don't expect any wrestler to turn that down. You're going to put me in the top spot? Yeah, I'm going to take it. So, I don't have a problem with him. My problem has always been with WWE creative and, and the way that they've booked him. And I still have a problem with them. This is, we're going into four years of this. Don't make any sense. I still have a problem with them and the way that they book him. So, we'll see how it goes from here. Hopefully, you know, Roman Reigns is going to win the title at WrestleMania. And hopefully from there, we can get a point to where WWE will get him in a feud with an active wrestler, and then multiple people will be pushed like before. So, that's it for that. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you have any opinions, comments on this, you can hit me up on Twitter at OMG Corey B. Jeez, I had a brain fart right there. At OMG Corey B or at 2 Sweet Pod. The number 2 Sweet Pod. Or you can write down in the YouTube section below whatever comments you have. Drop them down below. And just hit me up. I'll answer anything as it pertains to this Roman Reigns debate. So, right now to close the show, we're going to get into the 2 Sweet Flashback Friday moment of the day. It is Mark Henry's retirement fake out on John Cena, June 17, 2013. That was a phenomenal promo. Mark Henry had me going. I thought he was for real. I thought he was about to retire. And then he has the classic line. I got, I think he said, I have too much left in the tank. I still got something left in the tank. That's what he said. Phenomenal moment. They should have put the belt on him, but oh well. Still a great segment. I'm going to go back and watch it after this. Great segment. Mark Henry retirement fake out June 17, 2013. So that's it for this podcast. And as always, join me next week and keep it too sweet.